Hello there and welcome back to historyrocks.co.uk special edition of Cold War Podcasts. If you are listening during half term, I applaud you. You are doing exactly the right thing. I hope year 13 students right now, because we're speaking as it were in the middle of the February half term, that you have a revision plan. You must create yourself a timetable now. Some of you, of course, are doing mock exams. You're going to get the feedback from that mock exams. It's unlikely to be the the grades that you're looking for, the grades that you need for university. Let this be the thing that spurns you on. You really need to get cracking now. Don't hold back. Um, I'm going to send out a big hello today uh, to anybody who is doing the Cold War. I know um, there are several centres that are doing it. I think Blackpool Sixth Form are doing it. So if you're listening, hello, I'm sending a little wave across the, well, to the north. You're north, further north than I am. Anyway, um, yes, and I'm going to kick off with a little joke. And it goes a bit like this. Um, A Russian grandma an old babushka, um, asks a Soviet official, who invented communism? Was it the communists or was it the scientists? And the official sort of laughs and turns around and says, well, of course, my dear, it was the communists that invented communism. And she's like, well, that's what I thought. She said, if it was invented by scientists, they would have tested it on dogs first. Ho ho, bom it's good, it is good. Uh, probably better than my last set of jokes. I've had a few comments on those about how awful and cringeworthy they were. I know, I know, I know, but you know, it's all good fun. Anyway, we need to talk about the Marshall Plan. We need to talk about the Marshall Plan. Churchill described the Marshall Plan as the most unselfish act in history. And I say nonsense, absolute rubbish. I don't believe it for a minute. So we're going to look at the different motivations behind the Marshall Plan. And of course, the reactions and responses to it, um, it could come up. Uh, for any of you out there who are doing the AQAA level paper, um, you know, think of it in terms of a broader strategy of containment. Um, it could be within questions about how successful Truman's foreign policy were uh, was, I should say, or it could be, you know, part of a um, you know, develops across Eastern Europe discussion. It could be in sources. It could be in an essay question. It could be motivations to the Marshall Plan. There's so many different options here uh, to think about. Um, so make sure you cover it. It's one of those sort of key issues um, on the spec. Uh, for other people, though, it, it you know, same applies, really. They could. They, I don't quite know in terms of uh, Edexcel how it may come up if you're doing the Cold War, but... Um, you know, if it's essay questions and things like that, sort of causes, motivations behind the Marshall Plan could indeed be a factor. So um, when did it come from? How did it appear? Well, um, US Secretary of State George Marshall is said to have travelled around Europe uh, sometime in 1947, so just after the war. And it suggested that he was shocked by the level of economic dislocation and poverty that seemed to grip Europe. And consequently, he felt that the Americans were in the only position to do something about it. And that, um, you know, he was going to convince the American Congress to send some money over uh, to the tune of about $13 billion by 1952. Um, So, 
hence this suggestion from Churchill that it was a humanitarian gesture, that it was the most unselfish act in history. Uh, but I'm, I'm just not buying it uh, for multiple reasons. Um, an alternative reason for why the Marshall Plan emerged at the end of World War II could be that the Americans were concerned, alarmed, of the possibility that their economy was going to face some kind of recession at the end of World War II. Wars are great for creating kind of false demand in the economy. You're having to create munitions and weapons and ships and tanks and all of these things in order to fight the war. When the war is over and you're demobilizing your army and you're switching to a peacetime economy, quite often you can face um, some spell of recession uh, downturn in the economy because that demand isn't there anymore. So the suggestion is, from, and it does sound a bit cynical, I know, that the Americans wanted to buoy up the European economy um, with the view of creating markets for American goods that, you know, they will be able to, in turn, buy American goods and keep demand high so they can avoid that recession at the end of the war. All the signs were there that this could happen. So, you know, it's not um, an improbable suggestion. So an economic motivation, as it were. Um, the other sort of motivations you might consider as being political. So, for instance, uh, another example would be that the Americans were concerned that in countries where there seems to be economic um, problems, um, desperation, communism tends to take hold in those countries. Look at the European countries that fell to communism at the end of the wars, places like Hungary, places like Romania, etc. These countries were severely hit economically at the end of the war. Communism takes hold and flourishes there because they're weakened, they're destabilized. The Americans are looking at what's going on in, say, Italy or in France at the end of World War II, where they do have communist movements there. They're not particularly large, but they're on the build up to elections, particularly um, in Italy in 1948. And they're thinking, well, um, you know, they could take control there in those countries. What we need to do then is, again, buoy up those economies, yeah, help those economies out. And they're less likely to switch to communism, um, especially if they're going to trade with the Americans. Um, further reasons might be the fact that um, they are looking to um, sort of drive a wedge between the, you know, the Soviet um, spheres of influence and Russia. Uh, they knew that the the Soviet Union wouldn't pick up um, Marshall Plan. They they just knew it. I mean, come on, it's too big of a pill to swallow. All of the small print that's attached to the uh, Marshall Plan, <clears throat> uh, the idea of you know transparent accounting, opening up your markets to American goods, things like that, for the Soviet Union. It's just a bit too political. It's, it goes beyond the economic. Um, so there was no way Stalin was ever going to accept it, even though it was offered to them. But that's just the Americans taking their moral high ground, isn't it? Um, but there was some genuine belief that maybe 
maybe the other satellite states would would be open to the idea of taking up martial aid. And as it happened, Czechoslovakia did express some level of interest until um, the Czech coup. And of course, they were forced to back down the defenestration of Jan Masaryk, etc., etc. So consequently, the whole idea was dropped. But, you know, you can see how they were trying to use the Marshall Plan as a means of drawing these satellite states away from the Soviet Union and into the American orbit. So it's a political motivation again. Um, And following that Czech coup of 48, um, it shocked the Americans. And it was that really that tipped the balance in favour of Marshall's plan here. Um, Because up until that point, you know, it would be a tall ask to try and convince the Americans um, you know, that their taxpaying money should go off um, and be spent on European recovery. Um, what about recovery at home? You know, make America great again. Uh, so it was the Czech coup that really tipped the balance because Czechoslovakia um, was seen as that, as I keep saying it, that last bastion of democracy. You know, it was the it was that country, the last country in a sea of red um, that switched to 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 communism in forty eight. It was the last one to fall. So they were really concerned by that, um, and so consequently, yeah, they backed his plan, and the rest is history, as it were. So reactions too. Well, as you can imagine, the Soviets are not happy about it. So again, if you get any sort of primary sources on that, look out for um, the the very typical critiques that the Soviet Union put forward. Um, I think it was Molotov, wasn't it, that described the Marshall Plan as dollar imperialism. Um, So by that, he's saying that you can just use money in order to exert influence over other countries. You don't even have to sort of take over them anymore, like old imperialism, you see. You're just doing it through money, and that's what the Americans are doing here. They're just exerting their control. Um, the, Of course, the Russians follow suit with their own version um, of a sort of economic pact known as the Comic Con. Uh, which is set up in 47, not quite the same. They're not dishing out loads of aid to their um, satellite states by any means, but it's a trading agreement between those countries. And really, it was in the favour of the Soviet Union rather than uh, the Eastern European countries as well. It sort of you know, helped them rather than the other way around. Um, and we do get the common form, of course, which is established in response to... Uh, both the the containment strategy um, and uh, I think in part to the Marshall Plan as well. And the common form is just about coordinating different communist parties so they're all in line with each other, that they don't deviate in terms of their economic plans and stuff like that, which is why, fast-forwarding to the future a little bit, remember when I spoke about Tito being thrown out of the common form, it's because he was trying to follow a different economic strategy um, and that the two... Uh, Stalin and him sort of had these big fallouts and disagreements and he was kicked out of the common form in 48. So look out for things like that. The other thing I would say about the Marshall Plan in a broader sense is that um, there's some debate about whether it really helped Europe or not um, in terms of recovery. Uh, I think looking at the economic data that's out there, that you could say quite easily that Europe would have recovered without it. If you compare the non-recipient countries to the ones that did, um, Europe would have recovered without it. 
The growth rates, though, would not be as striking in comparison to martial aid countries, um, which would suggest that they would recover. It would just take them a bit longer to recover. So again, you know, you might question, was there really an economic need for it, you know, in the first place, um, if all it did was accelerate recovery rather than actually aid the recovery? Uh, so that's about it, really. That's sort of Marshall Plan in a nutshell. It's fascinating stuff. Um, but to suggest it's the most unselfish act in history, pleh, not having that one. I think there are other more convincing political motivations and economic motivations for rolling it out in the first place. Um, but I'll leave it to you to decide. Uh, where you, where you sit on that. Right, I'm going to leave it there for today. Keep revising, keep working hard, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye now.